of the Lord. Today we're looking in the 78th division of the psalm, Psalm 78. We're going to read verses 29 through 31 this morning to get us. Let me remind you, there are sermon notes on the back of your bulletin so that uh, you can fill in the blanks. It'll help you uh, keep track and stay focused and it'll give you something to take home with you as well. Amen. Psalm 78, verse 29 through 31. The psalmist is talking about uh, Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm uh, 78, verse 29 through 31. The psalmist is talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. He says, So they ate and were well filled. For he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of their craving. But while their food was still in their mouths, the wrath of God came against them and slew the stoutest of them and struck down the choice men of Israel. I want to read this from the Message Bible this morning. It says they ate and had their fill. Notice, he handed them everything they wanted on a platter. But their greed knew no bounds. They stuffed their mouths with more and more. (laughs) He handed them everything they wanted on a platter, but their greed knew no bounds. They stuffed their mouths with more and more. The title of my message this morning is, What to Do After You Get What You Wanted. What to do after you get what you wanted. Father, I just pray today, Lord, that your anointing, Lord, will be strong in this house today. Father, give us, Lord, the Lord, the anointing of the Spirit of God. Give us clarity of thought and clarity of speech today. Anoint our ears to hear the word of the Lord today. Father, do your mighty work in this house for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. When my son was just a little bitty boy, it was about Christmas time, a few weeks before Christmas. And so my wife and I, we gave him a toy catalog and we told him, now we want you to circle the toys in this catalog that you really, really want. I mean the ones that you just would really love to have for Christmas. We want you to circle those toys. Well, when he handed back the catalog, he had circled every single toy. I wasn't there when he was doing it, but I can imagine that perhaps he began by circling only a few toys, but then his eyes would fall on this one and that one and then another one. The children of Israel were like this. First they wanted this, and then they wanted that, and then it was something else. Kind of like the man who won a million dollars in the lottery and somebody asked him, man, you got a million dollars, man. What could you possibly want now? Two million was his response. What do you do after you get what you wanted? You see, some people want money. And some people want a position, and still others want a relationship. Oh, oh, some want to get married, and some want to get divorced. Some want a new job, while others are wanting to retire. What do you do after you get 
what you wanted. Three things I want to suggest to you to do this morning. The first thing that you need to do is recognize that it's not what you thought it was. When you get whatever it is that you wanted, you need to recognize that it's not what you thought it was. You see, seldom is anything that you want what you think it is. You thought it was your solution. You thought what you wanted was your solution. Oh, oh if only I could have thus and so. You said it would, it would solve all of my problems. I, oh, it's the answer to my situation. Oh, I'd give anything, you said, if I could only have it. Now, this is the line of reasoning that Esau had in Genesis chapter 25. Turn with me there. Genesis chapter number 25. And verse 29. It says, Now Jacob cooked a stew. And Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I'm weary. And therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die. What is this birthright to me? So Jacob said, swear to me of this day. And so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and he drank. He arose and went his way. And thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau has been out in the fields and he comes in and he's hot and he's tired and he's weary and he's hungry. And his brother Jacob is cooking some wolf bread chili on the open fire. And Esau smells the chili and oh, it smells so good and he's so hungry and he wants some of it so bad. Oh, he wants it really bad. Now Jacob knows that Esau is not the sharpest tool in the shed. And Jacob is a deceiver and he's shrewd and he's sneaky and he's shady. And so Jacob offers to trade a a bowl of that wolf brand chili for the birthright of Esau. Don't do it, Esau. Don't do it, Esau. You're about to get taken to the cleaners. This is a really, really bad deal. But all Esau thinks about is, I want some. I'm craving it. It smells so good and I'm so hungry. I I want some. I'm hungry. I can't eat a birthright. And so Esau sees this chili of Jacob's as as his solution. When in reality it was the beginning of his trouble. What do you do after you get what you wanted? Well, you need to recognize that it's not what you thought it was. You thought it was your solution. Oh, oh, you thought if I could only get this job, or if I could only get this position, oh, oh, if I could only do this or that or something else. Oh, you thought if only I could move away from home. The problem is, you're taking yourself with you. Oh, you thought 
It was your solution. You thought, you thought it would bring satisfaction. That's what the rich man in Luke chapter 12 thought. Let's read about him in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Jesus spoke a parable saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, What am I going to do since I have no room to store my crop? Oh, he said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my barns. I will build greater. And there I will store all of my crop and all of my goods. And then I'm going to say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, man. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. You're a fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And Jesus said, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Oh, the rich man thought, now that I, now that I have all this stuff, man. I mean, now that I've got all this stuff, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to be merry. Man, my life is just going to be one giant party. Man, this is what I've always wanted. This will provide for me the luxury, the pleasure, the satisfaction that I've always wanted. Wrong. Why would he think that anyway? Why would this rich man think this way? Things had never satisfied him before. Because notice Jesus didn't say that a poor man all of a sudden became wealthy. It wasn't a parable or story about a a poor man that wins the lottery. Jesus didn't say it was a poor man becoming wealthy. Jesus said that this man was already rich before... He had his bumper crop. No doubt this wasn't the first time that this man thought this way. Perhaps the last time he had experienced a tremendous increase he felt this way. Oh, and so it is with us today, is it not? How we say, if only I could acquire this, or if only I could do that, or if only I could go here, or if only I could go there, or if only this would happen to me, or that would happen to me. Oh, that... That would make me happy. That would satisfy me. Oh, but when we finally have the experience, we recognize that this too isn't what we thought it was. What do you do after you get what you wanted? Recognize that it's not what you thought it was. You thought it was your solution. You thought it would bring satisfaction. Oh, oh, you, you thought it would, you thought it would provide security. You thought this will, will provide security. Oh, oh, you said if only I made more money, I'd be secure. If only I could get him to marry me, then I'd have security, you said. Oh, if I could only land that job with those benefits. Man, the job with a package of benefits. If I could do that, I'd be secure. The rich man in Luke 12 thought that his exceptional crop would provide security for him. Oh, verse number 19, he said, I have many goods laid up for many years. Notice, many goods, many years. 
The problem? His appointment with death was scheduled for that very night. It's kind of like that baseball player, you know, that professional baseball player. and The angel appeared to him and, and the professional baseball player asked the the angel said, hey, said, I've got one question for you. said, is there baseball in heaven? The angel said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. He said, well, give me the good news. He said, there is baseball in heaven. He said, what's the bad news? He said, you're scheduled to pitch tomorrow night. Verse 20, God said to him, fool, you're a fool. This night your soul is going to be required of you. This is the night you're going to die. And then whose are all of these things going to be which you have provided? Oh, hear me this morning, friends. Oh, there really is no security in any of the things that we want. What do you do after you get what you wanted? Well, the second thing you need to do is realize that it won't do for you. What you thought it would do. You see we have all these preconceived ideas about what we want. Believing that somehow if we can just get what we want. That what we want will somehow work magic in our life. But when we get what we wanted we soon realize that what we wanted did not do for us what we thought it would do. Well, first of all, you thought it would comfort you. You see, inside of every adult is a little boy or a little girl that still seeks the comfort that they used to get from their mama or their daddy when they would fall down and go boom. Or the comfort that they always craved and wanted and desired but never received. Adults understand that that they can no longer receive this and so they, they look for it in the things that they want. Although they have been disappointed time and time and time again in the past. They never seem to learn their lesson and so they go from this thing to that thing to something else. This next thing will do for me what I needed to do. That's the way they live their life. This next thing, whether it be an experience, whether it be a purchase, whether it be a new relationship, whatever that it might be, they are convinced that if they can only acquire the next thing on their wish list, the thing that they're wanting now, this time it's going to be different. This next thing will provide the comfort I so desperately need. What do you do after you get what you wanted? Well, realize that it won't do for you what you thought it would do. You thought it would comfort you. You thought it would change you. This is the thing you thought. This is the thing I need in order to change me. This is the thing that will straighten me out. Oh, this is the thing that will make me the person that I need to be. If only this happens, if only that happens, if, and if I could just get married, 
Marriage. That's the thing. That's the thing that'll settle me down. Maybe it's kids. Kids will do it. That's the thing I know. That's the thing. Kids will settle me down. Oh, oh, if I were a mom or if I were a dad. Oh, that would change me. That would settle me down. That would straighten me up. But after getting whatever it was that you wanted, you soon discover that this in and of itself didn't do for you what you thought it would. You thought it would complete you. Yeah, just one more thing you said. Just one more. Just one more thing. Just one more promotion. Just one more sale. Just ten more on Sunday morning. It works for all of us. Just one more dollar, just one more dollar, just just one more experience. Oh, oh, it seems to be all about the next thing these days. Oh, it's all about the latest and the greatest, the new and the improved. Oh, oh, just one more thing, just one more, one more, one more, just one more. But the wisdom writer had it right when he said in Proverbs 27 and 20, the eyes of man are never satisfied never realize that it just won't do for you what you thought it would do what do you do after you get what you wanted well let me suggest one more thing to do after you get what you wanted This sounds so elementary. It sounds so simple. But if you'll listen to me this morning, it is so profound. What do you do after you get what you wanted? Request from God a change in your wanter. Yeah. Request from God a change... And you want her. You see, if you recognize that most of the things that you have wanted seem to turn out to be something other than you thought they would be. Oh, if you realize that most of the things that you wanted didn't seem to do for you what you thought that they would do, then you need to request from God a change in your wanter. You see, your problem is with your wanter. Your problem is with your wanter. You are wanting the wrong things. Let me give you four keys to acquiring a new wanter. Four keys to acquiring a new wanter. The first thing you're going to have to do is desire a change. Write this down this morning. Change never comes without desire. Change, it never comes without desire. Write this down this morning. Change always begins with desire. Those aren't written for you. You have to write them in. Change never comes without desire. Change always begins with desire. You see, as long as you're satisfied with the status quo, status quo is all you're ever going to have. 
Only when you begin to desire change, only then can the process of change begin. Oh, Psalm 40 and verse 8, David writes, I delight to do your will, oh my God. David said here, my delight or my desire is to do God's will. Not my will, not what I want. You see, the change that I'm talking about right now is not a change in the stuff that we want. I'm not telling you you need to change the stuff that you're wanting. I'm saying a change in the sense that we begin to want what God wants for us. And think about it for a moment. Have the things that you have wanted and have received, have they worked out well for you? If your wanter hasn't worked well for you, why not try what God wants for you? Four keys to requiring a new wanter. First of all, you're going to have to desire a change. Second of all, you need to dare to ask. Dare to ask. Somebody said that the proof of desire is pursuit. You can talk about changing your wanter all day long. You can say all that you desire for your wants and wishes and desires to change. But the proof of desire is pursuit. If you truly have a true desire for change, you're going to make a pursuit. You're going to do something. Are you doing anything about it? Dare to ask Him. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and we might find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that He is and believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Who does He reward? Those that, that pursue Him. Those that, that, that desire. Those that, that, that do something about it. Those that go after it. James 4 and 2 says you don't have because you don't ask. Someone recently said something about not having something in one of their ministries. And I said, I didn't know you needed it. How do I know you need it if you don't ask? Now, I don't always give it to you just every time you ask now. So, I cover myself there. In this situation, I did. Four keys to acquiring a new water. This is, this is huge, number three. This is huge. If, if, you're going to require, if you're going to acquire a new water, the third thing you're going to have to do is defer your will to God's will. Defer your will to God's will. In Luke chapter number 22, verses 39 through 53, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is contemplating His death on the cross. Jesus is there uh, trying to get Himself ready. Amen. To do what He was put on planet earth to do, and that was to go to the cross. Soon He's going to be betrayed by His own disciple Judas. He knows this is going to happen. He's going to uh, appear before a kangaroo court. and He's going to be falsely accused. Oh, He's going to be convicted of a crime that he did not commit. He's going to be sentenced to death by crucifixion, the most horrific means of death known to man. Oh, the sin of all mankind is going to be placed upon him. He's aware of this. He knows this is going to happen. And it's in the garden when he contemplates all of this. And here in the garden, Jesus prays. He didn't just pray a little. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul is... Pray my soul... 
pray the Lord my soul to keep. He doesn't pray some little God is good, God is great, bless his food on this plate. But the Bible says that for three solid hours, oh, he prays. He's not only praying, but he's in agony. The Bible said that he was in such agony that his sweat turned into blood. Some of you haven't even prayed with enough intensity to sweat. Jesus prayed with such in, such agony and such intensity that his sweat turned into blood. And what is Jesus agonizing about? What is it that has Jesus in such a state of agony? What is it? I'll tell you what it was. It was the will of God versus the will of man. It was the will of the Father versus the will of the Son. In Matthew's account of this, he records Jesus praying this. Matthew 26 and 39, just another account of the same thing. Oh, Jesus says, oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus said, if there is any other way, Father, if there's any way that I don't drink this cup of Gethsemane, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, I don't want to drink this cup. I don't want to drink this cup. This is not my will. This particular cup, this particular experience, it's not what I want. If there's any other way than this, let this cup pass from me. But how did Jesus end His prayer? Nevertheless, not what I want. But what you want. To acquire a new want or to want not what you want, but what God wants for you. You're going to have to defer your will to God's will. There are a lot of things that I think I want. But I have learned, and it took me a long, long time, lots of years to learn. But I have learned that what God wants for me is a whole lot better than what I think I want. Now hear me, I still tell God whatever it is that I think I want. I do. And I tell God, this is what I want. And this is the way I want you to fix this. And this is the way I want you to do it. I do, I just tell Him. I still tell God what I think I want. But I also tell Him with the very next breath, I also tell Him that if what I want is not what He wants for me, then I ask Him, Father, don't give me what I think I want. Give me what You want and help me to want whatever it is that You want for me. Write this down this morning. What God wants for me What God wants for me is the very thing that I would want myself. What God wants for me is the very thing that I would want for myself if I had the wisdom and the knowledge that He has. See, He has wisdom and He has knowledge that we don't have. 
And so our wanting is based upon the limited knowledge that we have. We know yesterday and we know today up until this moment. But He knows a million years ago and He knows a million years from now. Amen. I know things that I perceive them to be. He knows how they really are. All right, let's look at the fourth key to acquiring a new wanter. This is, again, this is so simple, but it is so profound. Listen to me, this is incredible. Draw close to God. I knew that was coming. No, listen. Draw close to God. Because you see, the only way that you will want the same things that God wants is if you spend much time with Him. You see, to be like Him requires much time with Him. Do you know that you act and, and think and talk like the people you hang out with? You have manner, you know. My son sometimes says, I'll do something or I'll say something. And I'll say, oh no, that's my dad. Son, that ain't bad, that's good. It's funny, I have a son that looks like his, uh, I have a son that looks like his dad and acts like his mom. I have a daughter that looks like her mama and acts like her dad. Oh, funny. I love the story, I've told it before, but I love the story of the evangelist that was preaching a meeting in Pasadena, California. Now, Pasadena, California is known for magnificent rose gardens. And one night a woman came up to the evangelist and said to him, I know where you've been today. He thought, oh no, what, how in the world could she know where I've been today? Are they following me or something? He was almost angry. What do you mean? How, what do you mean you know where? I, she said, I know where you've been today. She said, I know you've been to one of our magnificent rose gardens. She said, I can tell. She said, because the fragrance of the roses are still on you. To acquire a new want or one must draw close to God. To want what God wants requires that we spend much time with Him. If we're going to have the fragrance of the Holy Spirit upon us, it's only going to be because we've been in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Only when you spend much time with someone do you begin to talk like them and act like them and think like them. Notice these scriptures. Man, they're awesome. John 15 and 7. Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Oh, friend, when we abide in Jesus, when His Word abides in us, when this happens, our desires change. We start desiring what He desires and therefore our prayer changes. Because we pray according unto our desire. And so when we are abiding in Christ, and when His Word is abiding in us, it changes our desires. And so when our desires change, then our, then our prayer changes. And we then start praying for the things that He wants for us. And because we are praying for the things that He wants for us to have, He says yes, and He does what we want Him to do. He does it because it's also what He wants for us. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. It's better than that little penny any response. Let's go on. Maybe you'll get it on this one. Amen. Psalm 37 and 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. 
Here it is again. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, when we spend time in His presence, then we start thinking like Him, we start acting like Him, and our desire begins to change. And His desires then become our desires. And then when we ask Him according unto our desires, He says yes, because before they were our desires, first of all, they were His desires. Now you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Amen. Where's my African American people? Come on. Come on. Come on. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Hey, let's look at one more. Maybe you'll get it. Amen. Some of you folks takes a while. Let me see if you get it on this one. Mark 11 and 24, King James Version. You know, the real Bible. Oh, Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Here it is again. Jesus said, whatever things you desire, notice when you pray. Oh, we leave that little part out. We just, oh, God said He'd give me the desires of my heart so I can have anything I want to. I can have a white tuxedo and a pink Cadillac if I want to, man. I could just have anything and everything that I want. Amen. Because He said He'd give me the desires of my heart. No. He said what things you desire when you pray. Whatever you desire when you pray. Amen. Let me tell you that my desire changes drastically when I pray. How when I'm walking through the mall, my desires are running wild. How when I'm walking through a new car showroom, man, my desires can go crazy. But when I'm praying, listen, when I'm praying, I never desire a new suit and tie when I'm praying. When I'm praying, I never have a desire for a new car. Amen. When I'm praying, when I'm really in the presence of God, amen, I'm never, I'm never thinking about, amen, some luxurious trip somewhere. Jesus said, what things you desire when you pray. Oh, believe that you receive them and you have them. Because you see, when you get close to the Lord Jesus Christ when you begin to pray when you begin to seek his face amen when you begin to become like him his desires become your desires amen and now you can ask whatever you want because the desires that you have are not just your desires but they're the desires that he had for you and he puts his desire for you in you and then you can desire whatever you want because it's going to be in line with the will of God and you can have it amen how's that Some of you thought I couldn't get anointed without a tie on. Amen. If I had a suit that would fit, I'd wear it, all right? Amen. Hallelujah. No, I didn't ask somebody to buy me a new suit. Amen. And don't do it without bringing me with you. All right, all right, here. I'm teasing, all right? Please. Some of you, I have to always say that. I'm teasing. To acquire a new water, I must draw close to God. I must spend much time in His presence. Whatever things I desire when I pray, whatever it is that I'm desiring when I am praying, when I am in His presence, and believe me, my desires oh, change drastically when I'm in His presence. The things that I desire when I'm in His presence, these are the things I can believe for. And if I can believe for them, I can have them. What do you do after? You get what you wanted after you recognize that what you thought you wanted was not what you thought it was. Neither did it do for you what you thought it would do for you. What do you do then? Request from God a new wanter and just, I just gave you four keys to acquiring one. Worship team, if you get back in place, I'll try and find a place to close. Pastor, you might be thinking, what about those of us who have already done this? 
Well, for those of you who have already allowed God to change your wanter, first of all, congratulations. But let me give you three quick admonitions this morning. If you've already allowed God to change your wanter, the first thing you need to do is acknowledge God as the source of all your blessings. Acknowledge God as the source of all your blessings. James 1 and 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Man, I got a promotion. Man, I got a raise. Ain't I a good employee? Well, you probably are a good employee if you got that, but no. No, it's a direct reflection of the goodness the blessing and the grace of God. Amen? There are probably people that work better than you are. Didn't get it. Yeah. Amen. Daily. I'm not trying. I'm trying to set myself up so perfect, but I'm, gonna, I'm just telling you honestly, daily, I acknowledge and give credit to God. I have a lot of faults, but ungratefulness is not one of them. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. And daily I acknowledge God as the source of all of my blessings. Everything good and everything right and everything positive that's going on in my life is a direct reflection of the blessing of God. The second thing you need to do is appreciate God just acknowledge God but appreciate God for blessing you everybody likes to be appreciated everybody likes to be appreciated even God nobody likes to be taken for granted not even God Psalm 104 100 verse 4 says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise be thankful to him and bless his name Psalm 103 verse 2 bless the Lord oh my soul do not forget all of his benefits third thing you need to do is announce God's blessings to everyone. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 11 and 12. Let those in the country and let those in the city lift up their voice. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to God and declare His praise. Give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today. Stand with me this morning, everyone, in the presence of the Lord. Here's my altar call. Listen to me this morning. Here's my altar call for those of you that recognize that most of the things that you have wanted in life turned out to be something other than you thought. And those things that you wanted so bad just didn't seem to do for you what you thought they would do. Here's the answer. You need to change water. The problem is with your water. The problem is with your desire. You are wanting the wrong thing. When you hear me this morning, there's nothing wrong with having a new car, new clothes, or a new house, or a vacation, or a nice restaurant experience. Don't, don't hear what I didn't say. When you think those are the things that's going to make you happy.
Nobody looking about, nobody leaving just for a moment. I have to 